All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. See, si, senor, I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. I'm Brian Shusko. Brian? Yes, We're David. Missing, missing something there. Scott is not with us tonight. He uh, normally, oftentimes we, look, there's been plenty of times, uh, long-time listeners know that we, one of us might miss a podcast. Uh, life happens, and whether it's sickness or traveling or other uh, other things, sometimes things pop up. Scott got a little bit under the weather tonight, and sort of, we rarely ever have this, a last-second kind of call-in, so I hate that for him. Yeah. Uh, I hope he feels better. He did send a couple items that he would like us to cover uh, on some level that he wanted to try to contribute tonight. And so I will, I know I will not be able to do it as good as he will, but I surely will give it a go. Yeah, for sure. And even if you only cover part of it and let him cover it when he comes back, Dave, I'm sure uh, there's not going to be anybody listening. It's going to be mad. About <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Look, before we get into what we're going to do, I just have to talk about number one. Like I've had a wildly busy day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife uh, is it was out celebrating uh, a birthday with, with some of her friends. One of them being your yeah, wife. Yeah, get it, girl. So the funny thing before we even get into my day, uh, the hilariousness of where my mind is after this ridiculous, ridiculous busy day. I came over to Brian's house to record. Mm-hmm. completely forgetting that was the plan up until about 40 minutes before we were going to record when you said you had a new idea. Hey, I think I'm going to be able to do this and yep. I'll actually be able to come over to your house. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I'm sure I said, okay, great. Completely forgetting about that. So uh, I show up to your house, text you right about the time you are texting me uh-huh. at each other's houses, asking where each other are are and i was absolutely in the wrong at your house so actually we're we're still at your house because you just came back over here thankfully we don't live too far away from each other that's right but my goodness that that's just not a complete uh example of most of my day today i am so full brian (laughs) um i cannot tell you uh for those people who live in lynchburg this um, is the good this is the good stuff yeah so i I went to dinner with a couple other buddies and it was one of his birthday one of the guy's birthday so we went to one of his favorite restaurants in town uh dish and after that uh it's a very nice uh respectable upstanding sort of trendy uh great food selection tapas a small plates, primarily yes. restaurant here in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, yeah, it's a nice spot. Yeah. So enjoyed that. And then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. is a place about a quarter of a mile down the road called the Texas Inn, but the locals call it the Tea Room. Mm-hmm. And so we decided that we were going to go in there 
after we just kind of had the small plates tapas style food at dish, we're going to go in there and we'll have what's called a cheesy Western. Yeah. And uh, so the other any, night, the other night I couldn't think of a cheesy Western. The best my brain could come up with was uh, creamy Western. <laughs> oh, that is so disgusting. Okay. So we go in and look, the cheesy Westerns in this part of Virginia is like legendary for like late night food or <clears throat> just a local establishment that it's hard to explain. Brian, you might be able to explain it better than me. Nah. But it is, uh, it's, it's got one bar set up. Like, there's no tables. Like, you walk in, you sit down at, like, a diner-style bar, and you tell the person in front of you what you want. And, uh, and they scream that over their shoulder <clears throat> about 10 feet away to the chefs who yep. are over there making it. Who the, the chefs, I say chefs, the cooks could hear you order it, but it doesn't matter if they hear you the person you tell it to is going to scream it to them about 10 feet away. Yeah. And it's always been like that. It's like that 20 years ago when I first went there and it's still like that today. Anyways, we go in there and I order um, a cheesy Western with, this is like a, a burger with like egg on it, cheese. I got onions on it. They have a relish that they always put on. I'm not one of the relish guy, but like there's this yellow relish that goes on. People love yeah. it. Not me, but people love it. So get one of those. And then I get a, they also have uh, chili, and they're kind of famous famous for their chili. So yeah, I got good. a chili bowl. So I got a cheese bowl with, which means a cheese bowl with, uh, so a chili bowl with cheese and onions. With means onions. You're a big onion guy tonight. I, I for sure, big onions. So nice. always big onions. Um, horrible breath, always big onions. So get that anyway. So my the other two friends, they get things as well. And also, they also serve like the tall cokes in the glass bottle yeah not just like the little six ounce bottles but they have like the 12 ounce bottles which is fantastic we i like we in our house we call it the mexican coke we really we could call it any play any country outside the u.s coke right Right. because the u.s makes it high fructose corn syrup but if you ever see it in a glass bottle it's always made with sugar and it just makes you feel way different than the high fructose corn syrup that's in everyone else's cokes Anyways, I'm getting to the point, I swear yeah. on my life. So we're about to leave there. And we're like the only people in there because it's an odd time of night. It's like 8.30. And 8.30 for this place because this is a place yeah. that's – Way past regular no dinner just, time. Way past regular dinner time and way too early for, for late like, night. For, for anyone coming out of bar time. Yes, for, that's for, exactly for, – uh, for hangover food. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Like they have a T-shirt in there called Hangover Helper. And it has uh-huh. like a it's a play okay. on the hamburger helper. Yeah, anyway, sure. so um so the 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 boss guy kind of comes out from the back and he's like, You guys want dessert? And I'm thinking, I look at my buddies and I'm thinking to myself, What what kind of desserts could they possibly have in here? Yeah. So I'm like, Well, what do you have? And he lists like four different pies, and I only remember two of them, and they have and, and I'll tell you why. So one of them was pecan pie and one of them was pumpkin pie and he goes yeah we we deep fry them oh man i'm like you deep fry pump pecan pie pumpkin pie he's like yeah i look at my one buddy he's like give us a slice of the deep fried pecan pie yum he brings it out it was what one of the most unbelievable pieces of pie i've ever had it 
it didn't look it wasn't like all crumbly like it wasn't like uh covered with it wasn't like you got a onion ring and like somewhere in there there's an onion but yeah. there's so much breading on it. it was not like that at all it looked like a fairly standard pecan pie but then i guess they just laid it in the deep fryer and it was absolutely unbelievable my one buddy goes adam goes this feels like a funnel cake and a pecan pie had a baby yeah it was ridiculous and i it just like you can't believe that you're getting you know this type of a dessert in this type of a place so then we had that and like we're just raving about it and then he brings out on the house because it was uh other buddy jeff it's his it, we're kind of celebrating his birthday yeah so he had heard that so he brought us out like a slice of pumpkin deep fried pumpkin pie for his birthday on the house nice. like with some some nicely placed whipped cream on the side just the right enough extra food to add for to make it a full explosive diarrhea. The, yeah, no. So the 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 couple bites of pecan pie was already was going to push me over the edge, like because yeah. I was already already right there. But then I had a, like two bites of the pumpkin pie, and I it was un both pies un, amazing. The pecan pie took the cake, yeah. but it literally pushed me over the proverbial edge. Like I'm so full, I, I'm leaving there. I can't remember the last time I felt this full. That's disgusting. <laughs> it is. It Sometimes is, you got to be a gross hog. I guess that's so. The tonight's night. I guess so. Unbelievable. Well, look, um, all that nonsense being, and then, then, and then I went to the wrong house. I left my house Blame, probably at the yeah, same so time. You were. It's because I'm so full. It's because you have bits of pecan, deep fried, um, deep fried pecan and pumpkin yeah. pie pushing no, no. up into your into your brainstem. It's so it's so ridiculous. <clears throat> well, and then I get here and you open the door and your cat gets and out. the cat got out. Yeah, yeah for sure. So it literally that is the thing. perfect uh, top off for where we are. So Ryan, what what are, we are going to do? Something. What are we well, going to do? So Dave, um, we are hogs for uh, FPL. What? No, I guess maybe uh, we're sure. still in the middle of a double game week. Game week twenty is still ongoing. Wow. Um, most of the week is concluded. There is still the double matches: uh, Manchester United, Crystal Palace, Manchester City, uh, Tottenham. Okay, uh, still to play. That's on Thursday, yes. right? So we're recording when, Tuesday it night. Is Tuesday night. Tomorrow is uh, tomorrow is the first of the. The two doubles uh, Thursday will be the second of the two doubles. By the time you hear this, you probably will know the results of Manchester United Crystal Palace. What I want to talk about, what we're here to do, aside from review your dinner tonight, was to talk about game week 20 so far. Kind of make, you know, because I think some of this is going to have impact. Like, you know, we said it last week. There's a lot of moving parts uh, to to the next few weeks for sure. Uh, we referenced last week the the fixture pileup that's kind of uh, that's kind of on the horizon, the possibility of a lot of uh, double game weeks to come. Uh, I will drag as a kind of a, a, a overarching statement about this uh, okay. coming week. Uh, ben Crellin, who everyone talks about forever, Ben Crellin, uh, one of the one of the main fixture looker aheaders uh, for FPL. Uh, he's gone so far as to say. Based on the doubles that are yet to come, 
that you might not want to make another transfer in January if you can help it. Just to try to keep, to roll over, to, two, always- to have two transfers rolling over each week in the event that doubles get announced as oh, we wow. progre- as we progress. Wow, man, that's... Mm. Well... So, I know for me, uh, some of the stats that we can talk about tonight and some of the, the names that we I want to go through tonight uh, or the, some of the bigger performers for the game week so far, but I think it's the kind of people who you're looking ahead. We, we went through... Last week, we went through a lot of... Really nice schedules on the horizon right. for some really popular teams and for some assets that are that are going to be desirable for everybody. We can talk about those things uh, with kind of an eye toward game week twenty one and beyond. How does that sound to you? I think that's something that sounds reasonable. It's something we can do. All right, let's talk about that stuff. Do you want to start? And though after all of that, do you want to start with any of the things that Scott? laid on your head before well, you came I think, in the door? I think an easy launch point is the North London Derby. Okay, great. Be, uh, we can start there because that was one of the points that Scott wanted to talk about was some of the tomfoolery that went on at the end of that match. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, hey, and did you see they found that they saw they caught the guy? They got the guy on camera? Yeah, so I saw that. So there was multiple people. There was right. a few people. Did you see the one shot of the person like almost directly behind him, who was filming the whole thing, and like the, the he like literally crawled past the person as yeah. he was going back up the stands. So they got a pretty good look at his face, and the the, the Brits are pretty good at like the CCTV and yeah. like kind of tracking you from when you walked in the stadium, tracking you from the train station. Like yeah, it's tough to tough to hide when you do something stupid like that. Yeah, and uh, that guy went back to a seat, which to me seems insane. Uh, after you did that, at the end of the game, the game was over. Well, he so went the back camera to followed his... him. Men and men and Blazers. It was I mean, they. They were the ones who they shared it. Okay. I mean, at that point, but it, it was somebody else's account that had said, "Hey, they got the guy's face on camera." Right. And it, they followed him all the way back, and then he sat down behind two guys who I guess were kind of shielding him a little bit. It seemed like, and then they still were enough. He he pulled his uh, wow, his he scarf, the scarf down, down, and then he kind of leaned out to the side. Camera got a straight I, on view of his face. I, I haven't seen that part. So the so the face is out there. Uh, if anyone has any information leading to the capture and arrest of uh, <laughs> Kiki Man, <laughs> uh, should contact the authorities. Wow. But yeah, they got him. It's wow. it was idiotic. It's crazy, right? So crazy. What was weird is what even the world prompted him to make his way down, and then at the timing of it seemed eerie to me. How did he know that yeah. Ramsdale was going to be picking up his water? Yeah, was bottle? Ramsdale in on it? Right. Seemed super eerie. But when when I, when I saw it from the one camera angle, and by the way, maybe we should cover this. Arsenal beats Tottenham this this weekend Sunday. Um, North London Derby 2-0. There's some hubbubbery at the end of the match. Rashad- even And like I said to you and before, right before halftime, even if they had awarded a penalty to the to Hoybjerg's flop right before the whistle oh, at man. halftime, right. even if Kane kicks that in and it's 2-1, it still was going to finish 2-1. Probably. Or 3-1 or right. 4-1. Right. At yeah. that point, like there was no sense at any point. Spurs had a couple good looks. Rams- but there was no sense... Well- I was going to say, Ramsdale had to make some really good saves. Sure. It wasn't like Spurs didn't have chances. To me, it was... Ramsdale got man of the match. 
to me, it felt like the kind of match that I just I as somebody who normally would root for Spurs, yeah. there was no sense to me in watching it that Arsenal was ever in any danger. That's probably fair. I was still so nervous. Kane always scores against them. It's at Tottenham. Arsenal hadn't won at Tottenham in like I don't know since twenty fourteen. Yeah, since two thousand fourteen. Since Arteta was a player. Yeah, and so. I was really, I was optimistic, but I was like very kind of like, oh boy, you know, what's going to happen here today? I mean, yeah. yes, you could look at it after the game's over. You could look at it and go, oh, well, Arsenal's been in good form. Tottenham hasn't been. That seems like a scoreline that should happen, but it's a derby at Tottenham. Right. You just never know what's going to happen. Odegaard people are still continuing to love it. He continues after the yeah, World oh Cup to the World Cup wild card. If he's been in your team, he has been just a man on fire. Yeah. And uh, he continues to be in the in on the action. Martinelli uh, owners, and there's a lot of them, probably a little disappointed he didn't get a piece of the action. But stand firm. He'll, he's going to be fine. I, my, honestly, I was surprised after uh, – I, I didn't realize until after uh, looking at – kind of just looking through stats. My assumption was that Sokka got two assists. I was thinking he was credited with an assist on he the He should have got the own goal. The own goal and, and then he and he has, and he made the pass to Odegaard. I think they only gave him credit for the pass to Odegaard. I think my guess is Well, the own goal, he still should have gotten an assist on the own goal. I think what they might have said was if it took any kind of deflection, it the would ball have was been, going across the face of the goal. The face, That's right. Deflected at That's right. at Lloris yep. and then went in. Yep. He was not intending to. The shot wasn't on target. Not a shot on target, and not intending for it to be a pass to anyone else. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Not only one assist for Saka, which I feel like is that's unfortunate. A bit hard done by it. Yeah. All things. But considered. look, I was happy with that result. You're you're probably right. Even if the Hoybier flop gets called a penalty, you're probably right. Maybe it does. But I mean, look, anyone who's watched football long enough knows every single goal changes the game. And so if it's 2-1, things things would feel and look different. If yeah. it's 2-0, you know, it just things – every single goal does matter. And uh, and so I, so we'll see. But, yeah, Arsenal looked good. Tottenham continued to look of, – of one, one half step off on every pass to yeah. every important player at yeah. all times. Yeah. They are just one beat off. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, that that was well worded and structured. They are one. They are. It has been like that for a long time, where it just feels like they are. Someone is is a step away from the thinking of the passer. Someone Hmm. is one step off of the the cut that needs to be made. The the Hmm. wherever you're trying to, whatever you're trying, whatever movement you're trying to make, they're not doing it on set pieces anymore. Kane can only pull so many miracles uh, during matches, and right. it just isn't happening. Yeah, and so and like, Sun's just not sunny. I, I well, and so even this week, like I, I would have said, you know, if we were talking about just straight on stats for the game week, Sun is would have been in the conversation because Sun is in your top three for shot attempts this week with a game to go. Sun is attempted five shots in the match, so. I don't know. Last year, Sonny probably puts one of those away, I think. Yeah. No, you're right. Probably. probably. He, only has one, he finishes with one shot on target and a big chance. Yeah. Like, so, so, so I just think, 
you know, this is, uh, I just think it speaks to the overall disjointedness of Spurs for the course of the season. But like we said at the end of the match, as you're looking at the table, Spurs are fifth. Spurs are fifth. I know. It I, is like, wild. Like, as, bad, it, as bad as they've been, they're, they are, they're five points off the pace. Yeah. And that was before United beat City, right? So yeah. United just got three more points. So you know if that, that result could have gone the other way or they could have drawn. And and the, that gap obviously would be closer. So, right. you know, I, that is – it is wild. And I just – you know, I, I don't like Conte's tactics. And you got to wonder – I wonder how much longer maybe he's going to be around. It just doesn't – I mean, if I'm Harry, if I'm Harry Kane, I'm talking to management. I'm like, guys, he's just not getting it done. Uh, and Kedia, your top uh, shot taker uh, for Arsenal in the match, five shots, puts three on target. Uh, gets you nothing. Uh, two big chances equals zero, uh, ends up equaling zero points um, beyond the, the points you got for playing. Mm. I just wonder when when Arsenal has double weeks, I wonder how people are going to play it. Because I think Ben White has been such a popular asset. Right. So, so many people have Ben White. What's his, what's his percentage? My guess is 30-something. I mean, I, I assume it's high. If, if only there was a way. No. Do you want to know what it is before I refresh my page? Ben White's ownership percentage. Did we we didn't go over this last week? No. Uh, I would. It might not be as high as you. I would say twenty five. No. It's thirteen point seven. Wow. That is wildly low. I know Ga- Ga- uh, wow. Gabriel wow, and, wow, wow. and everyone was going to Saliba, so I'm sure those guys are are higher. But Ben White, I mean, we said that forever ago. Ben White's, uh, his selection percentage still is, uh, the fact that it's less than 15% to me is shocking. Saliba, 34.6. That makes sense. Gabriel. You want to guess Gabriel? I mean, you were headed toward a 30 there, so I don't know. 26. 13.8. Oh, wow. So Saliba, everybody went to Saliba. And uh, And White's 13.7. Ben White, I still that is that is bonkers to me. See, it, it does seem like there's a lot of value there. He's four point seven. We said that we said that two months ago when he was four point five. That he was that it didn't make any. I mean, I said that. I don't understand why everyone was going to Saliba whenever there's Ben White. He uh, was four point five for a long time. I mean, Ben White is four six points behind Saliba. And one point behind Gabrielle, and he's four seven. What I'm saying is, I just think it's going to change your strategy down the line. Like they have Manchester City in game week twenty. Like right now, the on the uh, FPL right now, game week twenty three is a double for Arsenal. So it's Brentford at home, Manchester City at home. There are goals there. There's goals in both yeah, of those matches no, for sure. So and you're, I don't think you're going to mind playing if you have Ramsdale, if you have Saliba. I don't think you're going to mind playing White. Gabriel Ramsdale Saliba in the mat, in that double week, if you got him, I just think the way that uh, the way that Arsenal is playing, how do you not prioritize Martinelli Odegaard Saka even in Kenya? Yeah, I, like I to me, I would I would I would way rather want the the forward players, especially given the unbelievable green patch schedule wise that Arsenal have until game week twenty. Wow. I might even say their remaining schedule 
now that both the, both North that's it. They're done with North London derbies, right? They're all, all they're only going to play away to Liverpool in game week thirty, away to Manchester City in game week thirty three. They have a challenging stretch, I guess. 33-34-35 at City, home Chelsea at Newcastle. So yeah, no, that's, that, that's, that's your toughest, tough that's your that's toughest tough three in a row. But that's not until game week 33. Until that time, you basically have like Arsenal probably, as long as they keep their foot on the pedal, uh, them distancing themselves at the top of the table. In Ketty or Martial? I wish Scott was here to scream at us right now. You can't say Martial. He, yet again, picked up something minor that was enough to keep him out the second half of the Manchester Derby. It might be Valt Veghorst's time. I know. To be honest. It might be Valt Veghorst. I'm not sure. Has FPL given him? Is he in the game yet? Oh, yeah. He's definitely in the game. If only there was a way. What's his price? Six, five. You're guessing? Yeah. Six zero, okay. Valt is six point oh. Okay, yeah, and official. he is—he's uh, already got some—he's uh, got ownership. Some he's already got some ownership. He's got zero point one percent backing okay. him right now. His mom has already bought him. Uh-huh. Okay, good. So good uh, no, so the answer to your question, if it's in Kedia or, or Martial, you're picking in Kedia. I right. guess what I'm saying is like it's not insane to say if you is your midfield Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard. That's not crazy. Especially, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but like... But they continue to produce. Yeah. So here's the other thing, too, on Enkedia. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, don't look now, is getting fitter faster than expected. Okay. FPL website says February 4th they're expected Gabriel Jesus. How back. do you say HGH in Portuguese? Wow. <laughs> no kidding. They got some... I'm not, they got, I'm not accusing the man of anything There's shady. some form of... You know, the clear and the cream getting yeah. getting rubbed on, but whatever. Like there's some, he is getting healthy quick, and uh, no kudos to. I'm sure they have the most ridiculous training staffs and regimen and and whatever else to to get them back and fit. But anyways, all right, that's probably enough about Arsenal, as we like to say. Yeah, but I mean, right. I think the North London Derby. Scott wanted to mention the chicanery. The end of the match for Charleston, of course, starts stirring stuff up, and. um and yeah, if anyone hasn't seen the video, go find the video at the end of the match where Ramsdale find gets Find anyone's kicked. videos of his comprehensive, his his total, his total game performance where he's like messing with Matoma on the. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tomiyasu, Tomiyasu before he gets in the uh, match. Right. and so well, he was messing with Saka on a throw-in. Tomiyasu and him are subs. Tomiyasu kind of holds his arm up like, let's not get any more closer to Saka. You know, knocks his hand away. Right. Martinelli on a corner kick. Richarlison's running down. Have you seen that? Martinelli reaches his hand over just to kind of give him like a fist pound. Brazilian love right there. Right. And Richarlison just ignores it. Wow. Now, Richarlison since then on social media has uh, made amends, found a picture of him and Martinelli and, and like Photoshopped their heads like both like fitting inside of a T-shirt. Okay. Yeah. And it says like all love or something on the front. So. He tried to he tried to recoup some of that, but sure, yeah, it just I don't know, man. He's just a pot stirrer, and uh, I think he's a talented guy. But sure seems to, I think he's a guy. I guess you love when he's on your team, and when he's not on your team, you hate him. Yeah, but he was definitely stirring the pot at the end of that match. All right, Brian, moving lifetime, lifetime ban for uh, for Ramsdale kick, kicky man. If you own Kane, you're not changing. 
No, I'm not changing. I mean, anything I, I own him. No, and he, I'm not. No, you can't. And and I think this happened already. I mean, he's not going to score every single game. I and mean, no matter what you feel about him, he's got 129 points. Yeah. Only Trippier has, and Holland have more than he does. So I don't know what to tell you. You can't you can't complain about Harry Kane this season. No, no, you cannot. So Dave, I think. I mean, even though it is not an Arsenal podcast, it is a, a good way of moving into the discussion of some of these other players who are the big, kind of okay. the standout guys this week. We could tell you to go buy Martin Odegaard, but right. what's, the point, mean, of, what's duh, the point of doing right, that? Yeah, for sure. Um, the guys who really kind of stood out, like the big stat guys this week, you know, yet again, and uh, like names like Callum Wilson are back on the radar again. Callum Wilson back in, starts the match, uh, feeds Isak for the game winner. Uh, Isak, for- who we talked Scott of out of last week. Scott yes. wanted Isak last week. Yeah. We talked him out of it, and of course Isak subs on and scores, of course. Still don't feel bad about the call. No, I, I still agree. That I, I think the call was correct. I feel horrible about the result. Um, <laughs> right. But no, like that Callum Wilson, you know, he played 67 minutes last week. He played the full 90 minutes this week. He's currently, he's as, you know, I'm sure somebody from one of the remaining two matches could surpass this by, you know, by the end of the game week. But Callum Wilson had, had seven shots this week, all seven shots in the box. Wow. And had more touches in the box, 14, than any other player this week. So Callum Wilson was back to like thrashing Callum Wilson. That's okay. what they call him, I think, right? Yeah. Thrashing part of that, Callum I, part Wilson, of that yeah. I blame Fulham because Fulham defensively, I mean, they're, they, you know, they're not. They're no uh, brick wall or anything back there. Uh, but Callum Wilson finished three shots on target. He gets the assist here, like I said. I am more excited for Newcastle about what the Isak-Callum Wilson partnership up top looks like. Interesting. Especially with Crystal Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth in the next three matches. So there is the the, the wrinkles of this. Mm. First of all, Isak's cheaper. And he's... I mean, Isak's price is six point six. Okay, Callum Wilson is seven point two. Okay, uh, there is a chance as of now that Newcastle has could have a blank by game week twenty five or in game week twenty five. Okay, so almost every everyone's got trip here. Uh, by now, tons of people, uh, maybe even though some people are getting off of Almiron, a ton of people still have Almiron. Uh, I know for me, I'm triple Newcastle because I brought in Sven Botman this week. Okay. If you have Fabian Scher, if you have Nick Pope, you very easily, I would assume most active players have two Newcastle on their team. And I'm sure plenty have three. Going to a forward, it just complicates things anyway. Yeah. So I just, I'm not really sure what, I'm not really sure what to advise here. Trippier's ownership. What do you think it is? I'm guessing he's up into the 60s now. Okay. That'd be my guess. Sixty-eight. Oh, he's creeping closer to. Is 70. that fair to say that's the proper amount of active teams? Yeah, I'd say like, so. If you don't have Trippier like in your team, what are you doing? There, yeah. To me, there's no way you're not. Like you should have done this. Right. You should like, have done it. You should have done it last in. I don't know. Ages October, ago. October first. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I would say. Uh, Another like so that's like an iffy that's like an on the fence thing. There, what I want to get to, Dave, is a bigger segment here of. Let's just call it 
uh, who can and can't you ignore anymore? Who? Okay, it's a mouthful. Who can't you and can you ignore anymore? If you want to split that into two sentences, you could say, who can you ignore and who can't you ignore okay. anymore? I'm going to give you some names and I'm going to give you some numbers. Do I need to choose? And you might need to make some choices here. Oh, boy. Because to me, first of all, there's plenty of enabler dollar amounts here. Yeah. Well, I feel like there have and, been all And seasons. at this point in the season, almost anyone is an enabler. The prices are, we've, you know, we've said this, like we, you know, I, I concur with anyone who's pointed this out throughout the season. Prices are weird. I think prices are primarily wrong. I agree with the, the pricing structure being like incorrect. I feel like next year is going to be significantly different. Yeah. Uh, but, but while we're in it, there were a bunch of people that went kind of off this week that I think you've got to be thinking about. Okay. So I'm going to give you some names. and I want, to tell, I want you to tell me, can you ignore them or can't you ignore them? I will tell you this, and I'm interested to see. I made two transfers a couple days ago. Wow, Dave. Um, so I think I took a minus four because, I, yeah, I had to have because I used two, tr- two free transfers the week before. Okay. So I took a hit to bring in these two players, uh, and I haven't been taking many hits this year yeah. as Scott continues to rub off on me. So that being said, we'll see if I end up with one of your My chosen. My guess is they are. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, your guy, Dave. Please tell me that one of your minus fours was for you to go back to James Ward-Prowse at 6.2 pounds and 4.9% selection. No. It was not. Okay. But I'm telling you right now, as the guy who got stuck with James Ward-Prowse last year, and it didn't hurt me, right? Like, he was a differential for me all last year. I know this as we we've joked about this player on this podcast for the last three or four years. He has his James Ward Prowse stretch, yeah, where there's about eight weeks where you want to own him, and he makes all his points in those eight weeks. And at the end of the season, he'll be a top ten midfielder. And you're like, how does that happen? Happens every year. Well, all of a sudden, here we go. The last last four weeks. Five five seven two fifteen. Yep. That's after the World Cup break. I'm I'm trusting, right? That's yep. what that's what you're saying. Is he yep. like in the top two or three in midfield scoring after the break? Well, so he's uh, so he is a top. He is definitely in the top. Um, it's right here. Give me a second. He also before this had so in the last in those games I just mentioned, he's had four goals and one assist. He's got five goals and two assists on the season. Right. So this is this is now this is James Ward Prowse yeah. time. Currently, there are, uh, James Ward Prowse is primarily being outscored by uh, midfielders, which is funny to me to look at that, considering mm. he's got twenty nine points since since game week seventeen. So since the restart, he's uh, he's trailing uh, Odegaard, Rashford, and Sully March. You can talk. We'll talk about a couple of those, okay. or at least one of those guys later. Um, the big thing with James Ward-Prowse, Dave, is this: um, in the first sixteen game weeks, uh, twelve shots, just three of them on target, 
Only one shot in the box. Zero big chances for James Ward-Prowse. Okay. Since game week 17, 10 shots. Wow. So 10, 12 shots in the first 16 weeks, and since game week 17, he's taken 10. He's third okay. for shots okay. overall among midfielders since game week 17. Seven shots on target, which is the second most for midfielders. Four shots in the box. He's had three big chances since game week 17. He's been in. He's had nine t- nine touches in the box, which you don't expect James Ward Prowse to be a, a a box guy. He's not. He's not one of those guys. Right. But the fact that he's in there almost twice as much in the last five weeks as he was through the first sixteen weeks of the season, you can look at his heat maps. Can I, we should probably say I should probably we probably should have done this almost every single week. Almost every number and every piece of data that we get in this podcast that anyone hears is from Fantasy Football Fix. Mm. We should probably just say that Fantasy Football Fix... They, they are... That's the spot. They are, Of course, they're using... Everyone, of course, Optus stats. I mean, you can find a lot of these stats. Maybe maybe you can find them other places. But we're, in particular, we're using Fantasy Football Fix. Me, in particular, I'm using their stats sandbox, which is available on their website, but you have to... I mean, it requires a... You have to have a paid... Yeah. You yeah, have to pay for it. Yeah. It's worth it to yeah. me if no, you're it's, paying it's, attention to this stuff. Fact is, you can look at the heat maps too, though. From game weeks 1 to 16 and game week 17 on, James Ward-Prowse's heat map is, I would say, decidedly more advanced. Wow. Well, and, what, not, and, and what's changed since then? Well, I mean... South Ma- H- managers. M- managers have changed for sure, and I, and I would just think... Their forward guys have not been very effective. No. I mean, Che Adams has missed as many big chances as anybody else has and just can't seem to get it right. Yeah. And they just don't really have anybody else. Jane yeah. Lord Prowse is their guy, and he's stepped up. So anyone who's thinking about moving to him, I get it. His heater might be over. Like you said, he's got a 5-5-7-15 five, five, in four of his last five matches. I know. Well, How long can this run go? Uh, I would say the other part of it is... It, well, this has... So, I, I would be a little bit more optimistic in okay. this because it's not Haas Noodle there. It's it's Nathan Jones. And I know I gave Nathan Jones... Forgive me, Mr. Nathan Jones, if you listen to this podcast. I gave a big who uh, when we mentioned you a couple weeks ago, and I had no idea who was managing Southampton. Forgive me. I've educated myself a little bit now. I know who you are. You've had some massive wins. He's uh, City in the in the FA Cup. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're coming off back to back wins. Everton, obviously, not as big as a as a scalp as City, but and still. I, and I would say, uh, I would say, at least for the next, I don't know, six game weeks, you got Aston Villa at home, and you're at Brentford. You're home to Wolves. You're at Chelsea. You're at Leeds, and you're home to Leicester. Not really too worried about any of those. James Ward Prowse can keep his streak going, it sounds like, against those teams. Yeah. I I mean, you're not worried. Chelsea's the one, you know, of course, they're still red on your uh, uh, color-coded matchup Raider and the uh, Fantasy Premier League website. I'm not buying that in the slightest. No. And so, uh, yeah, James Ward Prowse, I would not be surprised. Uh, we've said worse things on this podcast. I would not be surprised <laughs> if James Ward Prowse is able to maintain. So you're... All right. So you're closer to I can't ignore this guy. For no, for sure. I think I 
Well, listen, I, I mean, he was a differential pick for me all last year when I had to have him in my team. But I'm telling you, this time of year, last year, I was starting him every week. And he kept producing, and he kept producing. So the the change in manager actually gives me more hope that this can continue. Was Rodrigo one of your transfers in? I wanted to find a way to get to Rodrigo, and I can now see myself going because I might change him out for for someone else. But technically, no, I do not have Rodrigo, but I would love to. Rodrigo, to me, uh, first of all, but he's 6.4, extremely affordable, of course. Like many other players, seven and a half percent selection. I'm a little surprised by that. Now he, he like didn't that, give you anything this week. He didn't give you anything this week, but Rodrigo wins my unluckiest player in the game week award this oh, week wow. because he was dragged down in the box by Douglas Louise, which I wish Scott was here to to roll his eyes at uh, yeah. a poor officiating decision. No foul, of course, was given as he was. Uh, Douglas Louise had both arms around Rodrigo oh. as he was going. That sounds like an NFL. This is not an NFL podcast. That sounds like an NFL tackle. Very much, uh, very much uh, heavy contact in the box. Easily would have been a penalty. I think he's stepping up to take that at that point. Interesting. Oh no, for sure. And uh, and then he also had a move uh, at one point to beat Emiliano Martinez. He actually went around him with an angled shot to put into the net. Uh, new signing Alex Moreno uh, from Aston Villa. Uh, sliding block actually megged him, but it hit his dragging knee. Wow! To to deflect out for a corner. Wow! So wow. to me, uh, Rodrigo is uh, minimum should have come away mm. with at least an assist in the match, if not more. Uh, easily could have scored twice. He had five shots. Uh, all of them were in the box, which is the second most of anybody wow. this week so far. The bigger thing for Leeds, we said this before, Brentford, Nottingham Forest, Manchester United, Everton, Southampton. That's your next five matchups for Leeds. Uh, to me, yeah, as do you want Manchester United right now? Not necessarily. However, they get Manchester United at, where's Leeds? Ellen Road. Ellen Road. So, I mean, they, they get three, I would say, like three manageable matchups and you like them playing at home better than uh better than away yeah um to me he's a guy that i would i am trying not to ignore anymore i I said i wanted him last week and uh, i didn't do anything about it but interesting brighton guys dave yeah particularly matoma uh and solly march matoma one of your price risers last night uh he's now up to 5-0 solly march is 5.1 um which which march's price went up like two nights ago. Solly March uh, with a brace against uh, your guys there, Scooter. Uh, he's not here right now to uh, also roll his eyes at the performance of Liverpool uh, United. <laughs> Is that what they are? Liverpool United. <laughs> wow, he would throw something at you. Uh, Solly March, Dave. They're... Now the top scoring player since the restart. Wow. 44 wow. points since the restart. 13, 1, 11, 9. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, I would give you his numbers, but I would rather give you Matoma's numbers because since the restart for Matoma, he has 23 points. It's respectable. He's it's the eighth. He's tied for eighth okay. among midfielders. He has the same number of points since game week 17 as Gabriel Martinelli. 
Cocteau. Okay. Everyone's got Martinelli. Uh, Who's got Matoma? 1.6% of people have Matoma, wow. Dave. Wow. He's tied for second among midfielders for, t- for shots. He's taken 11 shots, the second highest. 10 shots in the box, tied for most among, a- among midfielders. Okay. Five big chances, tied for most among midfielders with Marcus Rashford. Wow, okay. And he has 32 touches in the box since game week 17. Only Gabriel Martinelli has more than that. So to me, like I get it, March is the March is in the purplest of purple patches. Matoma's the Matoma's just crushing right now. He looks stats wise, he is a, he is an amazing player to watch. It has been like that for a while, uh, and he's not scared to take anyone on on a dribble. Like he makes things happen. And the way Brighton is playing, like this is, I mean, it is goals. All the time, so and then you look at their schedule going out here: Leicester, Bournemouth, Palace, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Newcastle. So five weeks from now is the yeah. first time where you're like, "Eh, it's a way to Newcastle, not great." After that, West Ham, Leeds, Manchester United, Brentford. Wow! Seven of your next nine for Brighton are. Green, green. Mm. And the two of them, yeah, at Newcastle, nobody really wants a piece of that. But Brighton isn't scared of anybody. If Brighton's going to not be afraid to go toe-to-toe with Manchester City, attacking-wise, what are they going to... Who's Newcastle? They're not going to back down from anybody. Right. This is Deserby's time. Anyway, I, to me, I wouldn't be... I, you can't be... You can't, there's no fault to go to either guy. For me, the numbers, despite the points... Yeah, I know how that sounds. To me, it's Matoma, and I, I to me, I, it's Matoma, Although, and it's not close to me. So but. I have brought in Solly March. It was Somerville and Greenwood out for me. Uh huh. March and Ivan Tony in. Oh, okay. Well, those are fantastic. So yeah, I see what you're doing, and I don't, and that's why I'm saying I wouldn't like. It's not like Solly March is way behind that. He's taken ten shots. Tim Atoma's 11. Right. right. So you're talking about, like, it's, this is Solly March who's shooting a ton. Mm-hmm. He's in the box a ton. He's just not quite getting the same number of big chances that Matoma is. But you look at it and you just say, he's got 44 points. Matoma's got 23. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got 21 more points than Matoma does. Right. It's crazy. Anyway, so and you it's... are you have not ignored. Yes, correct. Dave, do you remember Serge Aurier? Who? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Serge Aurier, former Spur. <laughs> okay. Now uh now Forest player. Yes. Right? While you're scoffing uh in your mind and or out loud for sure wherever right? you're listening. Yeah. He's second in defender form right now. What? If you sort defenders based on form, Kieran Trippier is number one. Come on. Is this real? Tied for second are Luke Shaw, Dan Byrne. And Serge Aurier. That's because Serge Aurier has got a 10, 8, and 8 in his last three matches. Wow. Scored the tying goal against Chelsea. Got a clean sheet and two bonus points in the last two matches, Southampton and Leicester. He's had six bonus points in the last three weeks. Yeah. Had a clean sheet versus Palace before the World Cup break in game week 16. And their next three opponents are at Bournemouth home leads at Fulham. Yeah. Wow. 
He's got the third most shots among defenders since the restart. He's not in the box a ton. However, he's 4.5. Wow. This is a fantastic look. He's not a, I mean, you've seen him before. I mean, Spurs fans had a great look at him for a long time. Just didn't pan out. Just had moments, but like a lot of players, just it didn't work there. Wow. And it's working now. Uh, Once they brought him in, he kicked uh, what was 4.0 guy that was in everybody's team at the start of the season from Nottingham Forest. Nico Williams kicked him to the back. Defender, yep. Serge Aurier. Uh, 4.5. Try not to ignore him. You probably are going to ignore him, but it's not totally mm-hmm. insane. Uh, Dave, Willian. Who? No, that's worth a who. Willian. Fulham's Willian. Fulham's Willian, not Chelsea's Willian, not Arsenal's Willian. No. This is now a third London team's Willian in Fulham. 0.3% selected. He was a differential darling for uh, for some talking heads out there a I'm few sure. weeks ago. Also, 23 points since the restart. So, same number as Martinelli, same number as, uh, like we just said, Matoma. Uh, wow. No fewer than 72 minutes for Willian in every match since game week 12. Wow. He's got a goal and two assists in his last five matches. Not creating a ton of chances, and he's only shooting, I'd say, modestly. So seven shots since game week 17. It's all right, but he seems mm. to have figured it out here. Mm. So, William, I mean, he's not high on the priority list, but it's somebody who I feel like it's still... He's, okay. Everyone's got Andreas Pereira. I I feel like those guys are... Pereira's there for chance creation. Okay. William's getting some bigger points right now. All right, who's next? Daniel Podens. Really? Also, 23 points since game week 17. Scored a goal this week against West Ham. He's got three goals in his last four matches. My favorite thing uh, is for Daniel Podens, my favorite thing for any player, his three goals from three shots on target. Wow. My favorite thing in the world. But he has scored five of Wolves' 12 goals this season. Mm -hmm. So Wolves aren't scoring a lot, but if they are scoring them, there's a 41.6% chance that it's going to be Daniel Poden so far. Yeah. Uh, in some circles, you might call that 42%. Uh, the downsides for Poden are he's only taken six shots since game week 17, but like I said, three of them on target and three of them have been goals, so that's insane. Mm. He rarely plays 90 minutes. In fact, he has played half or less in three of the last six games, so that's not great. Also, a big downside, he plays for Wolves. So, uh, <laughs> I, 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 Hey, they're I, fighting relegation. It's true. He's 5.3. He's he's in that range, though. Uh, Also playing extremely well and seems to be the one effective guy that they have. Dave, Damari Gray, same price range. Every single guy here is five-ish. This this is the thing. Like, you could fill your your midfield with, like, decently performing guys who are 5.2 or 5.3 or 5.5. Yes, but then where are you spending the money? Because I don't feel like... Other there's than, nowhere to spend it. There's no... There is nowhere to spend it. There, there, there's, there's no high-performing defender. Trippier, but Trippier's he's not the guy. that high-priced. Right. So now that Cancelo is is a afterthought for everybody, there is no TAA. There is no Robertson. Van Dyke's injured, so you're out of the Liverpool business. Yeah. Chelsea, all of their best defenders, the defenders you'd want from them, are cheap anyway. And as long as Reese James and Ben Chilwell are, are gone, you're not even thinking about it. Mm. 
Demari Gray is in there, twenty-two points. Uh, I just, I just don't want it's anything. Everton. Yeah, but t- I'm just still two goals and an assist in his last three matches. Uh, that's worth keeping an eye on, right? Uh, and talk about el- uh, relegation fights. Yeah. Uh, let's get out of the midfield again for a second, Dave. What about Kai Havertz? Ooh. Seven well, seven point eight five and a half percent selected. He's got twenty four points since the restart, Dave. Among forwards, that's third best. Do you hear me? That is third best among forwards. Do you realize that is one more point than Erling Holland since game week since game week seventeen? Kai Havertz. The biggest thing I, for the biggest I know. thing. Well, so yeah, oh, man. He's started and played basically ninety minutes in every one of the last five matches. Jaw Felix is suspended. Next three matches. Aubameyang is not Who? there. He's not. He just isn't. He's, he's not. A, there. He's, not, he's there, but he's I not. I don't know if he trains. He'll never play. He puts on a jersey. He's going to leave. I think they're just freezing him out. He's I, getting oozled. He's scoring is what I'm saying. And not Havertz, Aubameyang. Havertz is. Yeah. It's not crazy. Uh, Chelsea, uh, also, speaking of fixtures that aren't going to scare you, really, uh, they play Liverpool this week, so they're away to Liverpool. All right. So what? After that, Fulham, West Ham, Southampton, Spurs, Leeds, Leicester, Everton, Villa, Wolves, Brighton. Mm. Like, you get a whole bunch of matches in there for Chelsea where if someone's going to do it, it right now mm. there isn't anyone but Havertz to do it. I know. And it's man, it's just like to what seven is, eight. What he's is seven Mo- eight. What is Mudrick gonna do when he comes in here? I gotta Chelsea? believe he's gonna come into the squad. I mean, that's another thing we could talk about. They have too many injured players. Mudrick's gonna come for right in. A quality they, player to not they, step they just, into their midfield. I hate that they snaked him away from from Arsenal. I really do. Those of you who don't know what happened, there was a, a player from Ukraine. Uh, looked like. Up until the last second, he was going to be an Arsenal player. They were worked over three days of trying to negotiate his price and or payout structure. However, the things that they work on, uh-huh. you know, whatever they do, Chelsea comes in in the uh, 11th hour and either gives more money, gives better pay structure, whatever. They they I saw a, stole a, him fair and square. I saw an ESPN FC did a pretty good explainer uh there's not really much to explain other than you can kind of blame Shakhtar on this. Well, because Chelsea, Chelsea, it is a swoop, but they came in with so much more money. They said that the negotiation, I think the reporter said the negotiation took like five hours. Like it was, it was that fast yeah. that they like went to that, went to Turkey, sat down with the team and it was, the deal was done in hours. Yeah, that's how quickly they were like coming in to get the deal completed, and they did it. And so, yeah, probably if it was up to the player, he goes to Arsenal. But for sure, and, and club club says it, uh, it's we like funny. the money. You uh, you, you couldn't find many pictures of him smiling, uh-huh. and when they trotted him out uh, at the Crystal Palace game over the weekend. So I thought that was interesting, but yeah. And so, anyways, I think Mudrick's going to come in. 
and kind of be electric and kind of wreak some havoc. I mean, he could be a massive spark plug for them, something that they really, really need. So you're right. Havertz could be really interesting. And Mudrick is – I mean, you're his, not – His price not, reveal was seven. Now, I'm not saying right. you go to him. Well, and you're not expecting him to come in and immediately have chemistry with everybody. Of course, that's, that's right. time, whatever. But still, quality is quality. Joel Felix came out and looked quality. Joel Felix the, looked when, really when, good. The quality that he put out there when his – despite a red, he looked – Awesome. Yes, he did. He had 20,000 transfers in. He looked so good in that first game wow. before the red card. So yeah. either way, I don't think it's an insane person to not ignore, Dave. Okay. Dave, last two. Okay. I hate to come back to these kind of guys, but this is this is where we are at this point. Jack Grealish. Listen. The Grish? 6.8. Looking like City's. Most likely, City? almost every week. I'm saying this. You're. I, this is a current Riyad Mahrez haver saying Jack Grealish looks like City's most likely a goal and three assists since game week 17, and he has played like sometimes what like 30 minutes, 72, He's, 86, 30, and 30. Right. He's come off the bench twice because. Because you know why? Because Foden is off it. Cannot find it. And Grealish comes out there and is and is doing the doing the, the business. You know what Foden's scores have been since we since the restart? I'm guessing not good not that good. One 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 one. That's not gonna get very it. consistent. Yeah. It, you gotta like the consistency. Eight shots for for Grealish since game week seventeen. Third Holland has 15. De Bruyne's got 11. Grealish got eight. So he's I your, can't believe that you're he's actually... He's your shooter, and he's your creator right now. Wow. A goal and three assists. Yeah, that's really good. For a guy that's that price, I'm just... If this is the thing, if this is the catalyst for him, is that finally, like, the the all the negativity has finally broken him, I would. I mean, I'm. I, Interesting. He's still a talented guy, and For when sure. he's been out there, it seems like Pep has gone back to. Mares started this week. I'm gonna keep my eye on. Mares didn't come off. The reason why is because they have one available and productive right winger, and that's Riyad Mares. It's wow. his only position, and he's the best at it right now. And he's not leaving, and so Foden has been on the left side, and. Foden has they've given him a couple chances to do it, and Grealish is the one who comes out and and does the and finishes the job. Oh man, this is amazing. This is amazing. Last guy. Hold on, real quick. While, while we're on City, real quick, I want to mention this. Last week, and I still will stand by it, and I'm hoping for a good match against Spurs because the match week isn't over. Said Rico Lewis. Oh yeah, he'll start this time. Cancelo, Cancelo was starting the cups. I thought for sure Rico Lewis start after we saw that Kinsella was starting in the FA yeah. Cup match. And Pep and went Pep went real standard with the starting lineup against in the in, in the in the United match. Yeah, yeah. So I was wicked disappointed with that. But I do think that Rico Lewis starts and plays in the second match. And I'm and I think every time he plays, as Pep says, he makes everyone better. And City did I mean they lost. They lost to United. So well they, they're gonna wanna Get they're gonna write want to write the ship based on uh, based on what 
I'm looking for and knowing the productivity of Mares whenever Rico Lewis <laughs> came back out and uh, came back onto the pitch for them, I would rather see that. Yeah, of it, course. Of course you would. Part of it was uh, who was playing on that side for um, for Manchester United. Malasia. Malasia, you're right. Could not have played a better Malasia could not have played a better match. Um I would say didn't he took he took Mares out the right way. Mm, okay. Uh it's still uh like it was the interplay between Mares and De Bruyne that ended up leading to the Grealish goal. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't that he was non existent. It was just that Malasia was yeah, he was just outstanding in that in that match. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Uh, Leon, that, Bailey, Leon Bailey's the last guy, Dave. Leon it's just that Bailey. Leon Bailey. Really? Leon Bailey? A goal and an assist. Villa? Yeah. Goal and an assist for Leon Bailey, uh, who continues to start for them, continues to play, uh, I, I guess, out of position. He's, I mean, he's been advanced anyway. He was doing it over the summer, so it's only slightly more out of position. Ollie Watkins left injured in this uh in this match. Um so I'm not sure. I haven't seen a status for Ollie whether or not he's going to miss or not. If it's Ollie out, it's Ings and Bailey. Mm. Uh and and I my guess is Bailey's speed just pure pace for him is going to make him every bit as important as he was before if not more if they have to start Danny Ings instead. He's wow. four and a half. And it's so this is yet again another player that there's not there is no price excuse for him. And it just makes me wonder if like like I, I think it was one of the fantasy sites after he swore after he got his goal uh tweeted after like right then, like where was this in September? Which of course for me I'm like He's my right. He, I I might have to right. rescind that uh, my troll of the season oh, award for him. Man, all of these players, yeah, have they are. There are other guys who are scoring. Like you look through the list and you see the guys that are top scorers, and of course Trippier's way up there. Of right. course Odegaard is way right. up there. There are players who are the very obvious choices. To me, these are all guys who have now like they've like. It's a little bit more than just numbers now. We're this is this is four weeks or five, you know, what essentially five matches for a lot of these guys of like really good production, and in a lot of cases playing for teams that you're like, yeah, as much as I would have just said like, whoa, that Matoma's a great player. Now you're seeing it, and you're getting the production Mm. to match it. Sully March is playing advanced in an attacking offense and. It's something that's it's actually leading to real numbers beyond just uh, more than just the the background stats is what I'm saying. All right, let, let me ask you a question: What do we do with Miguel Almiron? He's not been yeah I to the races I don't think since the restart he compared has not. To, compared to a lot of other guys in his price range, and I'm not saying you don't. You don't come back to him, but is it worth a sell for a couple of weeks until he finds his groove? Yeah, and I, he's definitely one of those guys. Like if you, you know, just looking through the first, it's, it's pre pre World Cup post post 
World Cup. Almiron, before leading up to the World Cup, he had taken the fourth, I think he was fourth, yes, fourth overall midfielder for shots. Okay. And was one of the top three for shots on target. So, um, no, no, he wasn't top three, but he was still like top, he was still a, easily a top ten guy. Uh, since the restart, I think he's taken six shots. Mm. So it's just not a lot compared to what he had done yeah. uh, during his like best run. And even I, even for Almiron, his like his hot streak didn't start until his hot streak didn't start until what like week eight, nine. I mean, it wasn't like he came out of the gate right. Crushing no, it. True. It took a while for him to build up to it. So, yeah, it was week nine where he exploded. Mm. And I think everyone was like, oh, 15 points against Fulham. Like, that's crazy. A brace and three bonus points. Like, that's impossible. Almiron, like, great game. And then it's like seven, three, ten, ten, twelve. And then all of a sudden it's like, I've missed the boat. I'm pretty sure we said that on this podcast is that we missed the Almiron boat. Yeah. And there was no boat to miss because it just kept on rolling. Now, yeah, the production has dropped off. I, to me, because of the because of the fixtures, yeah. Down stats don't it doesn't really change it for me with him. Okay. Maybe there's more of a focus now that Isak is back. I'm I just a a better podcast would do some sort of deep dive on what it looked like for Almiron whenever Isak was playing right. compared Versus, to when he when yeah. he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, or when knowing that a lot of that time that Callum Wilson was injured, so I'm sure I'm sure a part of that is ha- has to do with just who is available, right? So it's still Crystal Palace, West Ham, and Bournemouth for the, in the next three for yeah. Newcastle yeah. for second place. Newcastle or or third place? Where are they? Second or They're third? Third. Third place, Newcastle. So I'm not worried about it. I to me, if that's your if that's your transfer, if that's the guy you're moving on right now. That is awesome for you. To me, he is not a priority transfer uh, at all. I'm also worried. Look, and we need to move on to the next as the uh, the pod's getting long here. Sure. I'm worried about the. Should I be worried about De Bruyne? I'm worried a little bit about De Bruyne. I mean his his production. It seems to be you know since the break two one three five gets you an assist this week. Yeah, and then we'll see what he does against Spurs. I mean, it's just not lighting it up, and and if if he can't get it done or give me something against Spurs, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna consider moving him on. The problem is, is, who do you go to? Like I already own almost everyone else in the top five in midfielder scoring at the Th- moment. This is and this is where I think like a lot of this discussion is like it's really difficult to say like oh you've got to make these transfers or whatever just because. Like we just went through there almost every name I said before, like prior like yeah. just through that entire thing yeah. is five point five or less, not eight or <laughs> less. There's almost no one in that entire list. The fact that you could get the best production since the restart from Sully March at five. Yeah, it no, just says it so just, much about where so where insane. this where this season has gone, like just how much the managers have impacted what's happening here. I would say, like, uh, like this probably is your clue as kind of to how, where we are since the restart. Kevin De Bruyne, forty-seven chances created through game week sixteen. So, okay. and he was easily the best 
creative midfielder um, prior to the World Cup. Okay. He was still, even with, even with everyone else added in, not just midfielders, he was 12 ahead of Andreas Pereira, who was mm. second. Kieran Trippier is third with 34 chances created. Mm. Since the restart, you know who your most creative player is? Gundogan? Kieran Trippier. Oh, oh, okay. I thought we were just thinking. Odegaard and De Bruyne are second with 13 chances created each. Wow. So, to me, that says almost as much about Odegaard or Trippier as it does about De Bruyne. Yeah. Like, it's not a huge drop-off. He's still second. You have no... I mean, he's probably going to be just fine against Tottenham. I mean, those numbers could come up. I mean, it, he could come back to be tied with Trippier by the end of by thir- by the end of Thursday. Yeah. It's just that it hasn't translated. He finally got an assist. We said that a few weeks ago. It can't keep happening. His and his fin- expected assists were like he had created so many big chances and had had zero assists until he finally fed one to Grealish this week. You can't imagine it's going to keep happening. It's just that it, it sometimes it, it doesn't. Does. Yeah. And so if he isn't taking a ton of shots, but he's still second on the team. So he's he's in he's double digits. Yeah. And that's as good as you can ask for from almost anybody so far. Yeah. To me it's like like I I still have Salah. How many people have Salah? Is he still 30%? No, he's 29%. Mm. So what am I doing with Mo Salah? Who by the way, as bad as it's been very Spurs like for Mo Salah, he has 100 points for the season. 100. Like, wow. Kane's got 120. I mean, Salah, it's not like he's... He's just such an afterthought now compared to everybody else just because these other guys are getting, like, production for way, way less. He's doing fine for the season overall, but Liverpool's just a, such an utter shambles yeah. right now. Well, I anyway. Mean, we never even really talked about Liverpool, but there's nothing there to talk about at the moment. I my opinion, don't own any Liverpool players. No, I should have. I should have. Uh, I should have gone minus twelve this week. Took a. Wow. I took a minus eight. It should wow. have been minus twelve. It should have been Salah out to bring oh. in, and I didn't do it. Wow! 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 So, Ryan. Yeah, Dave. Anything else before we hit up the Mojo table, and then we shut this pod down because we have a fresh Mojo table prepare, prepared by League Ben, and um, I'm I'm proud to release it to. The nation. No, I all I want to say is I know it might be boring to go through like to list a bunch of names. Oh. I just think that so many of these like the, well, we're, we are it's at not the, just a list. Though. But I mean, we are at the stage now of the season where where these are the players like I think it's really worth it to have one or, or two. two of these kind of guys because they are so easy to get. And the template. It's kind of taking shape. I mean, it seems like a lot of the teams look pretty similar, but those low ownership guys they don't have. Yeah, like we've said it before. We said it going into this week. City's not looking great. No, like that's why. Look at look at this. Look at this. The matches that are coming this week, like Spurs and City, both like plummeting in terms of their form. It feels like, and then this weekend you have Arsenal, Manchester United, the. Probably the most fun game that has been on the schedule for the longest time. What an absolute blast of a it, game! I'm that hoping is, we that get a to be. 
a Liverpool City matchup from like a couple years ago, yeah. right? Or even last year. Like two absolute juggernauts of form for the You're league right, right it, now. It is form versus form. And the revenge game narrative. Like Manchester United like rising and rising only. Arsenal trying to maintain their their status at the top of the table but with like the added like the added chip on their shoulder yeah. of getting smacked by them 3-1 the last time they played. Yeah. Unbelievable game. Cannot wait for the for the 11:30 like, Eastern Sunday. Best game in the longest time. Cannot wait for. We it. will watch it. We will yeah, watch it. I am so pumped for that. Uh Brian, anything else? No, Mojo. Right, Mojo table. Here we go. League Ben, thank you again for contributing to this. Uh, we will start at the top uh, and work our way down. Arsenal at the top, number one. First time that I think I've seen them up there. Maybe not true, but maybe. But it feels like it. it feels like it. Number two, Newcastle. Three Brighton or uh, three Manchester United. Four Brighton. I believe it. Right. I'm on. I think. I'm a, I'm I think a, that's. I think that's deserved. I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Oh, I might. I. I might. You might. Honestly, I would think about having Arsenal and Manchester United tied at first. At first, right? Honestly, it very well could be. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Newcastle, Newcastle uh, mostly right because Newcastle too. dodged one this week. Newcastle absolutely dodged. Like, how many times is how many times is the meat gonna double touch a penalty? Wow! I mean, meat. you got to say it's in his head at this point. He's missed. He's missed too many. He's got people asking, reporters asking questions, and, his, wow. and the manager having to come back and say, no, no, he's going to step up and take the next one. Right. He steps up and takes the next one. He kicks off his own foot. That's so crazy. It's not, it's not great. I'm sure he probably, listen, if you don't think that there's soccer gods out there, like that is just, or soccer karma, football, soccer karma, I'm sure that was probably coming back to him in some way. I'm saying I'm thrilled as a Botman and Trippier. <laughs> For sure, as a trippy star owner, right? Exactly. You are you are thrilled that Meat kicked the ball into his own foot. Right. However, I'm just saying that Newcastle, we all can agree, probably, it should not it should not have been uh, one nil. All right, number five. This is five through uh, nine, five through ten here. Five through ten. Brentford, Fulham, City, Villa. Yeah, Brentford, Fulham, City, Villa. Hey, yeah, Villa climbing the. Uh, uh, Villa, Villa, rocket, rocketing up the charts here. I, I, yeah, and then and then nine and ten, Spurs Palace. Yeah, they I feel like maybe a little high for Spurs, but maybe not. Maybe that's fair. Like you said, as bad as it seems like they've been playing, they're still fifth in the table. They just crushed Crystal Palace, and then they follow that up by getting crushed by <laughs> Arsenal. Like I, I, there's no rhyme. What are they going to do against City? I, I think. I think they're going to lose. Yeah. Well, no one wins at City. Not many. That's Not many sure. win at City, and this Spurs team, I just don't think they're up for it. Round, rounding at the bottom. Here we go. Levin, Nottingham Forest, Leeds, Bournemouth, Wolves, Southampton. That's a 15. 16. Chelsea. Yeah, Southampton's got, Southampton's got to get a little bump. They cause do. Because they, they, yeah. They might even be, well, in, in Wolves, you could argue that Bournemouth maybe should be behind Wolves and Southampton. Yeah, I feel like Wolves uh, yes. and Southampton. Uh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth is in a they're in a free fall right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Sixteen Chelsea. I think that's at minimum deserved. 
You may, maybe you're thinking it's a little low. Uh, well, I'm just thinking that they find, they did get a result, and they, they that that just has been missing. Yeah. Okay. So they finally did get a result. Grand Potter finally gets something. So I, that that's that, that, like it's got to help. But but yeah, they are way down there. Seventeen Leicester, eighteen West Ham, nineteen Liverpool, and twenty ever. I'm sorry, I cannot read. Here we go. Seventeen Leicester. 18 West Ham, 19 Liverpool, and 20 Everton. I cannot argue with that, Adam. No, that sounds about right. The, the That bottom sounds... I would love to have anybody that... It's just, I would love to hear any Liverpool defense of this this team. No, I... The, I, the I, to me, Liverpoolians I... I've talked to are like, this is... this is We probably should have seen this coming. On I mean, some, is, isn't, didn't even Klopp say this week is the worst, like worst performance of his tenure as a manager? They got they got destroyed. Yeah, no, they they got to figure out. They got to develop some hunger and desire for some of the players. They conceded six goals to Brighton this season. Brighton scored six goals. They lost back to back games to Brentford and Brighton. Do you see Danny Welbeck's goal? Danny Welbeck's goal was. Uh, Outstanding. Danny Welbeck is like for Evan Ferguson. Who I'm back. Yeah. Although I don't trust him. I I would trust Ferguson. Now you trust the midfielders. I do trust the midfielders as I no, currently I, own great, Mr. Great. March. I mean, honestly, that mojo table, like just West Ham. Thinking of, I I had yeah. a thought even this week of like it almost feels like it feels like a lifetime ago when like the, all the optimism of Europa League West Ham. It's just absolutely it's just gone. gone. It is gone, gone, gone. It's so bizarre, and I and I hate to see it. I, Where I, is what, I have no what, problem. What happened to <sighs> world beater Mikel Antonio? Like wh- where? Like not a consideration. I get it. Jared Bowen. Everybody can point to it and say like one year wonder, whatever happens to lots of players, whatever. Just didn't seem this possible to be this precipitous mm. of a drop off. I don't no I, it's doubt. hard to believe. No doubt. It is so bizarre. Unfortunately, oftentimes that's the game of football. Where did he have leads? Leads at 12. Fair. Uh that's and I love that that is indicative of the lead spirit, not necessarily results cuz they like this week was harsh on them. Yeah. This was a harsh like they did battle back. Oh yeah. Well, I mean I feel like they're always in every game. Yeah. And I and I think that's why they're like one of it's one of the most endearing teams. Uh, I mean, just every week, fun and awesome and like and Bamford Bamford and, came and off the bench and got constantly. a goal this week. Yeah, so I love I love seeing Patrick Bamford start yeah, to get healthy, and I hope for sure I hope he is truly truly healthy uh, and on on his ascendancy back to starting matches. Him and Rodrigo up top would be pretty scary. Yep. Two, two really good matches yet to go this week. Excited to see what uh, how everybody's points end up. All right, Brian, we, listen, we cover a lot. Scott, we, uh, we missed your input, and we hope to have it back very soon for the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.